0: when couples disagree about sex on this edition of truth and love i'm heath lambert and you're listening to truth and love a podcast of the association of certified biblical counselors where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face My guest this week is Dr. Scott Mell, the pastor of Cornerstone LA. He's also a counselor certified with ACBC. And we are talking about an issue that every married couple has to address sooner or later, and that is the issue of conflict in marriage over the issue of sex. Scott, I think a lot of people are familiar with the sort of stereotype that guys are more interested in sex and women are often a little less interested in sex but give us some more information about the struggles that couples can face when they're disagreeing about sex in their marriage
1: well obviously disagreements about sex and marriage are pretty typical and but it, it, it doesn't look as stereotypical i think as um we tend to think of it. i mean i i've met a lot of couples that have a husband who just desires sex more, maybe more often than his wife does. I've also let, met a number of couples that the wife desires sex more than her husband does. The the one thing I've never met is a couple who wants it exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. the 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 reality is that that there's always differences. There's differences in, in desires for frequency. There's there's differences in expectations. Um, there, there's oftentimes just a lot of differences, even in just an understanding, like an understanding what is enjoyable for one another. Um, there's a lot of differences in understanding about just simple anatomy, Mm. um, that oftentimes get in the way and cause this, um, this tension between couples where they're, they're just not on the same page. They're not communicating the way that they, they, they want to, they're not experiencing physical intimacy together. Um, the the way they want to or or maybe more specifically the the way they imagine they should
0: Mm. you have an interesting take on kind of diagnosing this problem i think it's a biblical take you argue that when couples are disagreeing about sex in spite of whatever stereotypes are in play or what facts are in play that are at odds with those stereotypes You want to say that when couples disagree about sex, that conflict is fundamentally about Jesus because sex is ultimately about Jesus. That is something that can sound strange to people. So tell us what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just in a class just the other day, um, I was relating the similar topic to a number of students and um, a few of them got pretty overwhelmed even just by the idea that sex is about Jesus, it sounds ludicrous. It mm. sounds it, sounds just, it sounds wrong. It sounds debased, some yeah. people might think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and I think that that's a product of the fact that we, we think of sex as something that God doesn't have anything to do with. Mm. You know, that, that that somehow we get married and and God is a part of every part of our life, every part of our marriage. But when we close the bedroom door, he stays outside mm. because we, and, and I think part of that's just because in, in the church we talk about, we talk a lot about the negative side of sex, right? We talk about a lot about the things that you shouldn't do sexually, yeah. a lot about the things that you're Doing or struggling with or tempted to do that you shouldn't, sexually. But um, we we don't talk a lot about what sex is. I think this this is a big um, misunderstanding for lots of different couples. I think when when couples get married, they they wonder what sex is for. They, They wonder is this just a is this just some is this just God's wedding present to us mm. you know it's kind of like christmas like you wait and wait and wait and you're not allowed to ro- open it. and then on the day of you can unwrap it and now you have this new toy to play with and god's like okay <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> here you go i think oftentimes we actually we don't we don't treat sex as much more than that yeah you know, it's just kind of this it's the perk you right. get with marriage but you're saying it's mo- there's something more central than that yeah but there's something more central than that so it, it begs the question why did god create sex was it just a perk or is sex about something deeper, something bigger? And I, th- I think what we see biblically is that ultimately sex it was created to glorify God, but it's, it, it really is about Jesus. Mm. Um, and it makes me think, well, why shouldn't that be the case? Colossians 1 tells us that by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Which includes sex. Mm. Sex was created through Christ, and it was created for Him. Uh, and w- we see in Scripture that, that that God's glory is demonstrated through the, the the fundamental purposes of sex, which are that it's 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 a means of covenantal union. It it, it it bonds us together. It's a means of mutual pleasure and enjoyment. That's what God created it for. And 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 that it's a it, sex is an expression of the marital relationship. And, and what I mean by that is is. In the same way that that music is a unique expression, you know, you, you listen to music and, and maybe there's a, there's a song that expresses the way you feel more than words ever could. Mm-hmm. You know, you could try to explain to somebody how you feel, but it's just captured in that song. Maybe it's captured in a, in a different form of art. It, it expresses something uniquely powerful. And sex is also a uniquely powerful expression of the marital relationship. We experience, um, vulnerability. We experience intimacy. We, we experience joy and enjoyment in in a unique way, uh, in the context of physical intimacy. And so it's, it's this expression of a unique expression of the, lots of the dynamics of the marital relationship. And then, but then God didn't just create the marital relationship to stop there. Right. the marital relationship is a unique expression of the relationship between Christ and the church. Mm. He's given us the marital relationship to, to teach us about what his relationship with Christ is like, or what what Christ's relationship with the church is like. Mm. And as such sex, which is an expression of the marital relationship teaches us, has something to teach us about what the relationship between Christ and the church is like. Similarly, when you think about the the intimacy or the vulnerability of sex i mean in, in genesis 2 the man and the woman were naked and not ashamed so wh- why is that strange to us well it's because of our sexuality you know, the vulnerability and intimacy that we think of when we think of shameless nudity is powerful um and it teaches us both about it, it, we experience it in a unique way sexually and it teaches us about what vulnerability and intimacy with God is like, how um, inc- completely vulnerable we are before him, how intimate, what, how intimate of a relationship he desires with us. And So sex isn't about God and its actions, but it's about it, 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 sex is about Christ and its, and its effects. You know, it's interesting because
0: you're talking about Genesis 2, mm-hmm. and Ephesians 5.31 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So you've got, he leaves, he holds fast to his wife and the two become one flesh. And as Christians, we believe that's a reference to the sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And then it says in verse 32, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So each of those elements of marriage of leaving, cleaving and of the sexual relationship refers to Jesus. And I think that catches us off guard because, We think, as you said, it's about us. It's the wedding gift for me and I like it, so let's have it. Or you like it, so okay, I'll have it. But this is saying that this is about Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so this is going to revolutionize sex away from having me be the reference point of the thing to having Jesus be it. And we are going to think, as people who are committed to the scriptures and to caring for people who are in trouble, that that's going to have practical benefits. So what what would you say when a couple comes to understand and appreciate this, how can they implement that in practical ways to move away from conflict about sex and more into joy over sex in their marriage?
1: Yeah, and obviously the diagnosis of what's helpful for a different person is is, is unique to their situation. But some of the things that I've recognized over uh, the past number of years is, um, number one, that that when we realize sex is about Christ, we realize that frequency is important for maybe a different reason than we thought it was important. When I say frequency, I'm not assuming any certain specific frequency, but we're saying regular sex in marriage is important, not just because you want it. And it's not just important because I want it. It's important because God created this to uh, be a means of union and to teach us about Christ regularly in the midst of our relationship. And so as we pursue that, then it's, it, it takes the focus off of me, this being about me, trying to get my desires met, my, what I would say, my sexual needs met, and makes it about a, a reflection of the love of Christ in our relationship. Um, so how would that relate? Let's take a spouse
0: mm-hmm. who, who desires sex right now. They have a physical desire for it. Mm-hmm. How should the fact that sex is about Jesus relate to how they communicate that desire to their spouse? Is it wrong mm-hmm. to want to have sex right now if that spouse is thinking that?
1: No, it's not wrong to want sex right now, but it, it provides them an opportunity to evaluate uh, why.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Why is this so important to me? The desire is good, mm-hmm. right? it, but I can be pursuing it selfishly simply out of a well I want something and so I want to figure out the best way to get it yeah or I could pursue it as a manifestation of love okay how can I take this desire and have it be a com- a, a means of communication of my love and affection for you my spouse which takes then into consideration where they are at and how they're feeling and um how can i use this desire as a manifestation of love for this person and not the way to simply get my selfish needs met
0: so what about when the shoes on the other foot mm-hmm. and you've got the spouse that is married to the spouse that wants to have sex right now but they are sitting there and they don't want to have sex right now mm-hmm. maybe it's a man maybe it's a woman mm-hmm. but they don't they're not feeling it or maybe they just don't generally like sex and they're mm-hmm. kind of like man why do we Why do we have to do this so much? What about that spouse who's struggling on the other end of the desire?
1: Yeah, well, recognizing that sex is ultimately about Christ provides a greater motivation to find the enjoyment, to work on sex together, and to pursue it together in a way that that this isn't just me doing something because you want it. This isn't me withholding it because I don't want it. But this is about us together discovering what God has designed for our marriage and, and doing the hard work of, um, of both fighting through those thoughts, but also coming back to Christ and saying, and, and saying, God, we need you in the bedroom. We need you here. Lord, help us. Help me to uh, not just please my husband, but help us to uh, learn and experience what you've created for us and called us to in marriage. You're listening to Truth and Love, a
0: podcast of ACBC. Today we've been discussing couples who disagree about sex with Dr. Scott Mell, an ACBC counselor who is a pastor in Southern California. If you'd like more information about his church and his ministry, you can visit them at cornerstonewla.org. And if you'd like more information about ACBC, you can visit us at www.biblicalcounseling.com.